Hey guys, uh, welcome to On the Pitch Podcast. Uh, my name is Adam Zaccarelli. Maddie Hansen. Serge. And uh, today's episode is about the CPL Island Games. Um, it's episode two. I'm excited. Super excited. CPL is back in action. We mentioned it last time. They're in full effect now. They've taken on over 10 matches now. Um, we just kind of wanted to discuss what we think of everything so far. How have teams done? Any surprises? Any upsets? Um, things of that nature. Serge, what are you thinking? Um, well, I think the two finalists from last year kind of just continued where they picked off. They've been really impressive. Um, Forge and Calvary. Um, Calvary beating Edmonton 2-0 last game. And uh, Forge. Embarrassing. <laughs> Forge coming up late with a 2-1 win today. Um, yeah, just really good. Solid front to back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we have Forge in first place right now, game in hand over Cavalry. Um, Cavalry comes in at second. Um, Forge and Cavalry really haven't adjusted their team so much of last year. Obviously, Forge lost their best player, Tristan Borges. Um, he's gone overseas. That's a huge hit, but they're still looking good. That mm-hmm. wasn't a big hit for the team. They're still looking good. Cavalry have added some depth to their team. You have a Marcus Haber coming in mm-hmm. as an additional striker behind Jordan Brown. He's looking really good. Now we have a team in third place right now, uh, Winnipeg Valor. They've made 16 changes to the lineup from last year. Phenomenal. Um, it's amazing. They've taken, they've taken in uh, players from Spain, from Italy, their captain now from, uh, from Haiti. They've taken 16 players from last year they didn't have. Brought it in. They're in third place. That's huge for them. He saw what he had from last year, transitioned. This is what he has this year, right? Mm-hmm. Now we have York 9, who I think is going to be fighting with Valor for the 3 and 4 spot. York is very good all over the pitch. Aparacio, um, Ryan Telford, they're good all over the pitch going forward, defending. You have Halifax Wonders, who are kind of a dark horse. Nobody really knows too much about them. They were they were the same last year. They weren't yeah. really they weren't really anything last year. They mm-hmm. were just kind of there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It, I don't know if it's because it's Halifax, but they're it's the same thing this year. They mm-hmm. haven't really like they haven't really shown anything, but mm-hmm. they haven't really like they didn't really flop. Mm-hmm. Like it's just. They're just kind of coasting. Yeah. And then we have Pacific that comes in at, at the sixth spot. Um, they were riddled with injuries last year. From front to back, everybody was injured on that team at some point. Mm-hmm. Now they have a healthy team. They've brought in some veterans. They have Marco Bustos, Marcel De Jong now. who can actually bring that, that veteran presence along with the quality. And they're actually setting themselves apart now. Yeah, they haven't had some, some results that they'd want, but they are looking pretty decent. And you have Atletico Ottawa. They're coming in at the seventh spot. Brand new team. And the, and the issue with them is they have two red cards in the matches they've played. You can't expect to win a game with two red cards. You're letting your team down, and, and that's the results they have. They have a loss and a draw because of those reds. And then you have FC Edmonton coming in, the only team in the league without a goal, only team without any points. We'll get into this later, but FC Edmonton is a huge upset. I put them as my underdog, huge upset so far. So what are we kind of thinking more so about any surprises you guys thinking? FC Edmonton is awful right now yeah. and we are from edmonton yeah and i'm sorry it's going to be in our second segment but that's the surprise mm-hmm. like Definitely. look at their roster i think we all had the surprise we all had them as our number three number, number four three spot. number four oh, just yeah. squeaking in there yeah. look at the players they have yeah. we're gonna get into that after uh for right now um so yeah we're in we're in round one um i think so far you hit you hit the nail right on the head uh, Forge Cavalry, they're your top dogs. Um, they're going to take one and two. Nobody's going to get into one or two besides them. Um, three and four is a question mark still because there's so many draws. Um, another one today, right? Mm-hmm. Um, York against um, uh, Valor. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It's, it's It was another draw. Um, actually, one of the more bland games 
but uh, you know what? They still had their chances at attacking. It was still a lot of quality. It was back and forth, but it wasn't like nobody was doing anything. They're still getting up and down the pitch. It was actually a quality game, an actual football game. Yeah, right? there's, That's what it was. there's quality all over the field. That's mm-hmm. the thing. Um, you look at other games. I think the only one that there hasn't been like no quality is when FC Edmonton's playing. Mm-hmm. Every other team has been um, basically they've been attacking each other, mm-hmm. right? They've been attacking each other. They've been going at it. It's a you you have seven games. There's eight teams in the league. Mm-hmm. You only have seven games, and then after that results, you go into the second group stage, which is the top four. Top four the yeah. top four, you play a six match. So basically, you play against each team twice. Round robin. Round robin. Yeah, and. Uh, you need to win. Well, that's the it's, thing. It's pretty there, simple. There only is seven games. A couple teams only have four games. Yeah. Three, two games. You know, so you can't be dropping points. Like, there's no, there's no way you can be dropping points for a team like FC Edmonton, Atletico Ottawa, even Pacific. They're dropping a lot of points from the very start, and now it's a matter of how are they going to make it up. They're going to have to win three, four, potentially five games. And how are they going to get there if they've already dropped results? Now they're going to be chasing every game. Teams like Forge and Calvary. They already know they're comfortable in their position. They can kind of sit back, get more players on the field, because these are a lot of games in a short amount of time. A lot of guys aren't going to be able to play the full 90 that you'd expect to. So now other guys, depth guys, are going to have to come in and put a lot of minutes in. And and teams like FC Edmonton, where they do have depth, but they are young players, they don't have that ability to be putting a Marcus Haber on the field in the 70th minute. Yeah. We don't have that. Yeah. Now, and now, realistically, Forge and Cavalry, they look like they've gotten better, mm-hmm. but not, you know, a, a, you know, a stupendous amount. Uh, Valor really, really setting the tone mm-hmm. for, for, for teams that have gotten better. They really look yeah. good. York 9 does look better as well. Um, Halifax, like I said, kind of coasting. Um, Pacific, they look better. I think that's just only due to not having injuries. Injuries is huge. Um, I, I can't really gauge it from last year because them, you know, they were just injury riddled. Well, they um, almost got a point against um, Forge today, right? Yeah, yeah that's another one. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So that's another one. Like, um, And then Atletico Ottawa, it's their first year. You can't really judge them. Um, the first two games, yeah, they played well. They got the Reds. You can't really judge it yet, mm-hmm. right? You can't judge a team off of, of playing basically 20, 30, sometimes 45 minutes of, of Man down. A man down. Yeah. You can't judge a team off that, right? Um, so basically, yeah. So your first stage, you have the top four teams going through. Um, second stage, you have you play each team twice out of the top four, and then the top two advance to the CPL final, which is a single final match. What do you guys think of that new format of having one match for the final? I think Cavalry should have won it last year. They had the most points in the spring league, most mm-hmm. points in the fall league. They ended up playing a home and away, and they got screwed. Well, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't really like the setup that we have here with the whole postseason. I wish it was more like they have in Europe where you have a full season. I'm not a big fan of the fall and spring season setup. I wish it was just one season all the way through. Whoever has the most points at the end of the year so, wins the league. So either do one or the other. So yeah. Similar to like what the Island Games is doing where they have a full basically bracket. Exactly. Where it's not a, um, a combined points and then you go into a bracket type format. Mm-hmm. It's either do bracket or do an actual league, yeah. mm-hmm. right? And and I agree with you. I think the bracket right now, it's working fantastic. It looks good, has a good feel to it. Mm-hmm. Last year, it's kind of like you're trying to be something that you're not. And I think that's that's a, an important thing to bring up about the Canadian Premier League. You can see which teams aren't trying to be something that they aren't, and you can see which teams are. Um, you can see what the league is trying to be, right? And at the same time, they're not, you know, jumping boundary. The, this format is smart. They could have easily went to a single... Um, um, group table um, winner at the end of it gets the championship but this is more competitive 
you get to the Canadian Championship final, um, and then the winner, this Canadian Premier League, sorry, final, then the winner goes to the Canadian um, uh, Championship mm -hmm. against the MLS top team, mm -hmm. right? Now, if you guys don't know how that works, is uh, the CONCACAF Champions League basically has a berth from Canada through the Canadian Amway Cup. Unfortunately, we're not going to have that this year. Um, they, they basically proposed a different way of doing it. So the top Canadian team out of the MLS team, so Montreal, Vancouver, and, uh, and Toronto, um, they're going to play each other three times. So right now Vancouver's in Toronto. They're playing them three times. Then they're going to fly over to Montreal. Montreal's going to fly to Toronto and yada, yada, yada. You get six games, basically. So you get six games, and then uh, the top team out of those points plays the Canadian Premier League champion. Now... Do you think because that game is going to be a one-game elimination game to go into the CONCACAF Champions League that a Canadian Premier League could topple an MLS team? And, and if so, which ones? Because, you know, TFC is a bit of a harder challenge. Mm -hmm. And which Canadian Premier League team could do it? Well, you have a team like Calvary, we said, hasn't made many changes from last year. They actually took down an MLS side, the Whitecaps, last year. Mm -hmm. um, ended up losing to Montreal in the second round, but... I think they can do it again. I think they can take out the Whitecaps this year. They're not looking strong. They looked very poor against TFC in the last two matches. A team like Montreal, I definitely think they can take them out. TFC is one of the best teams in the MLS. They have a lot of quality over the pitch. I think our top teams in the CPL would struggle with a team like TFC. They just, they're a possession team set up like any top European team. But they it's all international players. It is. That's the issue. It's all international White players. Caps in Montreal. A couple Canadians, a yeah. couple Americans, but it's... Great players from all over the world. So yeah. we would struggle. But I, I could see a team like Calvary, a team like Forge, even a, a Valor or York holding their own against an MLS side. And they have a lot of quality now where it's people are recognizing CPL as a good league. We well, took York, down one of their best teams last year. Even York last year did well mm -hmm. in, the, in the Amway Cup, right? Far, yeah. uh, York, Calvary, they both did well. Um, York shouldn't have been there. FC no, Edmonton should have been there. Um, but at the end of the day, that happens. And uh, yeah, it's... I think it's good. I think it's good that they're playing each other across. Um, I do think Cavalry could actually give Toronto a run for their money. Mm. Well, I think in a one-off game, anything is possible. Exactly. I mean, we've seen it in the Champions League this year. Yeah. Um, I think you approach a one-off game completely differently than um, two legs. Mm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we saw it with Lyon and Man City. Oh, yeah. Whoever shows yeah. up on that day is going through, and there's yeah. no makeup game later upset. on. Yeah. yeah. Um, Leipzig. Yeah, exactly. Another one. Yeah. They, they just, it, it happened. It's a one off mm -hmm. game. Whoever shows up, shows up. Um, exactly like what happened Cavalry and, and Forge last year. I, mm -hmm. just, I still think that Cavalry is the best team in the league. But unfortunately, in a two game, one game uh, elimination, basically to win it, it anything could happen. It, yeah, right? it changes a bit, right? Yeah. So now you have a team like Cavalry. And, and the thing is, TFC looked. Not the greatest in in the in the in the season, or even against the Whitecaps in the last game. So if a Calvary can come in with their top guys healthy and actually get a lot of energy out of their room, out of their players, they're definitely going to be waking up for a team like Toronto FC. Yeah, absolutely. From, from a Canadian Premier League team playing exactly. against the MLS, you want to prove up. yourself. You want to show yourself. Oh yeah. And FC or TFC might be looking at it as. Oh, we got to play this game. These guys are a league lower than us, mm -hmm. and an upset is definitely possible. Yeah. Oh yeah. So you have a CPL team that's going to be going over the edge, and an MLS side that might be just saying, "Hey, it's another game against potentially a weaker squad. Yeah. It's whatever." 
And that's when the cavalry can really come in and be like, well, I'm going to bang out a couple goals and then we'll see what happens. So is that, is that who we think is going to win out of the Canadian Premier League? As yeah, of right yeah. now, watching who watching the games, do you think that cavalry is the top dog to beat or is Forge? Like which Both of them are obviously the two top teams. Mm-hmm. But which one is the top team? I predicted Forge in our last video, but I think cavalry will win it. It's just Calvary has the depth all over the team. They had a guy like Marcus Haber, Elijah Adekubi come off the bench for FC Edmonton, and yeah. they made an instant difference. And that's, Those are guys and that's one of the, the only players they added was Marcus Haber. Right. right? Mm-hmm. And that's a player that's sitting on the bench, former national team player, mm-hmm. former European side player, mm-hmm. um, and he's sitting on their bench. Uh, or he, even a guy like Mo Farsi, who yeah, multiple teams yeah. passed up on. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Calvary takes him on. He becomes their starting fullback, and he's got two player of the matches already. Right, so they they have guys that are coming in there. How we kind of mention they're grinders with quality, but guys that are there to prove. A lot of players in in the CPL are on one year contracts with a one one team year option. Yeah. So these guys are playing for contracts every single year. Yeah. These guys cannot mess around. They have to play their all when they get their chance. They, there's no messing around yeah. in this yeah. league because they're like, playing for a contract every single year. They're playing for a starting spot yeah. every single year. All or nothing. Yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, one thing I've liked this year is uh, in, in for the Canadian Premier League, a lot of international players weren't able to come in. So now we're really seeing the Canadian talent. And like I said a week ago um, when it first started up, the the level has, has basically grown. And you can see it. Um, a lot of the teams are competing. Individual players, Canadian players, are starting to like shine. Right? It, it's something that we didn't see. Um, bringing it home was talking about um, if you guys aren't familiar, bringing home is on one soccer. Um, I recommend checking it out. Um, just a word of caution: there is swearing in it, um, a lot of vulgar language. Obviously, coaches get heated, but uh, English I, I do, coaches—that's what you get, right? <laughs> I do recommend checking it out. But the thing is, um, they talk about how Canada is ranked seventy-third in the world before we had a an actual domestic league. Mm-hmm. We only had three domestic teams at a professional level: Toronto, Vancouver, Montreal. Mm-hmm. We didn't have a league, right? Now we add basically 100 and whatever, 160 players, 180 players into a mix of, of Canadian players that are basically able to play at a high level. Mm-hmm. And it is getting higher and higher, right? You have players starting to grow. They're in an atmosphere, an environment where they're they're playing consistently all the time, mm-hmm. right? 18 years old. You're not playing well, that's, professional soccer. That's you don't have to thing, go to Europe. Yeah. I think One Soccer did an amazing job with that docuseries because – they were they stapled the the effect that these Canadian players, 16, 17, 18 year old, that have the talent have to go overseas. Manny, and Manny, maybe, Manny's the prime example on that show. Aparicio, yeah, exactly. Signed was, for TFC when yeah. he was sixteen, had to go over to Europe to find mm. playing time, ended up coming back because now we had a league and now look, he's a captain of York. He's a phenom- he's a fantastic phenomenal player. Yeah. He's one of the best players in the league. And he's able to play at home comfortably, mm-hmm. right? He doesn't See have to family. go to Europe. Yeah. And it said on the on the on the document series, these the hundred and sixty players might be fighting for one spot in Europe, mm-hmm. right? Now they're fighting for you know a spot here, but it's not the same. It's not a hundred and sixty players fighting for one spot. And on top of that, you got you don't have international players trying to take Canadian spots because they need Canadian players on the roster. Mm-hmm. They have to have it. it's in the rules. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You have, you have to have, have Canadian to have talent on the field at all times or you on your roster. Youth players, you have to have Canadian players. Um, it's growing. Mm-hmm. It is growing. Yeah, I, like, I love the idea that the CPL is having that you have to have certain amount of players under the age play a certain amount of minutes. 
certain Canadian players on your roster play a certain amount of minutes. So they're not just exploiting the fact that a team like TFC can bring in so many international players and just utilize them, maybe throw one or two Canadians out there. You're having majority of Canadian players and they're actually showing their abilities on the field. There's been so many goals so far in these 10-11 matches. Mm -hmm. A lot of quality, maybe a couple teams that don't look and the they, greatest. But they, they actually reduced the rule to, to allow teams to... Um, Basically, they reduced the amount of minutes that a youth player had to play, mm -hmm. and uh, not youth under twenty one, but it's the same thing basically. Until you hit still twenty one years old, you're yeah. still a developing player, even past twenty one. But majority of the ages, uh, majority of players, sorry, under twenty one are developing. Um, they reduce the amount of minutes, and the coaches are still putting them on, which mm -hmm. is a good sign. Mm -hmm. They're recognizing that you know we don't have international players here. Let's start, let's start bringing them on. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Well, that's the thing. There's there's equality in the fact that everybody has the same cap, everybody has the same chance to sign players, and now it's just a matter of who's going to be the best manager, who's going to be the best coach to bring in those players, convince those players, and build a winning culture, because you have a team like Forge and Cavalry, who obviously been the two top teams in the last two years. Why? It's because they're managing, and it's because they're, their players' mm -hmm. ability to actually go out there, fight every single game. We have other teams, maybe like Atletico FC this year, they look lazy, don't look like they have good management. So now Serge, I have a big question here. It's the concerning question, what is the issue, what is the problem with FC Edmonton right now? The I worst team in the Canadian Premier League. Yeah, by far. Um, I think it comes down to coaching. I don't think Jeff is up to par with um, the level he's coaching at right now. I don't think he has the experience and um, quite honestly the qualifications to be coaching at this level. I think um, if you look at when he joined uh, FC back in 2011, albeit he was an assistant back then, but from then up until now, he's been on the sideline for 233 games. Of those 233, they've won 70, they've drew or tied 65, and lost 98. So he's gotten a po uh, 275 possible points from 699. Mm -hmm. So if you look at it, if they break that down even a bit further, it comes down to 1.18 or 1.2 points um, per game. So, That's the so he's basically been developed as a coach that hasn't been in a winning environment. Right? Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know. You're I not just, saying necessarily that he's a bad coach. You're just saying that against the colleagues that he's going up against, I don't. Yeah, they are like basically at a Wheeldon different Junior. level. Exactly. I think they're just on a different level. level than he is right now, and I don't know. Um, if there's a replacement here in the city or somewhere where we can find, I'm not necessarily saying we need to get rid of him right away. Mm -hmm. I just think that this is the issue that they face right now. And then if you want to say, okay, well, he was an assistant to Colin Miller for a bunch of years. So you can't really look at it that way. Um, if you, we can look at his CPL record. Mm -hmm. So yeah. FC up until this past game with Calvary, their record's been eight, eight and 14. So eight wins, eight draws and 14 losses. Yeah. Um, 32 points again, Averaging just over one point a game, still not good. And I think when you look at the game against the Cavalry, um, it seemed like they just lacked a plan. Well, I think they did have a plan, but I don't think the plan was the right plan. I think going into that game, he wanted to sit back, absorb pressure, and then try and counterattack. Now, I, I saw I, I saw a few issues with that, and these are the issues that I saw. One, this isn't Man City against the Norwich. This isn't PSG against an Angers. This isn't a Bayern Munich against 
uh, whoever in the Bundesliga, who's a lower end Bundesliga? You're not happy. You, you are not a billion dollar team. Cavalry is not a billion dollar team going up against someone that is thirty five million mm-hmm. in in player in player value. You are not at that level. That's the issue right now in the Canadian Premier League. And it's, it could be only one coach. It could be two coaches. It doesn't matter. When you have coaches thinking that this league is bigger than it is right now, you will not have viewers. And it's happening with FC Edmonton. It's happening in the city of Edmonton. And it's pissed me off. And frankly, we are trying to grow this game in Canada. I'm very passionate about Canadian soccer. And it is not working. They looked awful, mm-hmm. awful, awful, awful. You're trying to absorb pressure. Counter, how on earth are you going to score a goals striker. against the two best teams in the league yeah. with one striker? Against a, well, a Calvary back three that have can you, potentially two of the best center it, backs in the it, league. It doesn't make sense. Yeah. It, it makes absolute no sense. I don't. So they set up in essentially um, a defensive, a low defensive block, yeah. which is a, a park the yeah. bus mentality. Uh, a three-four-three formation is not a park the park bus the mentality. Bus mentality formation. I don't. It, it it just seemed like players were just tossed out there. This is what we're gonna do. Um, figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. But kind of also try and um, counterattack. Yeah. And, and it just and, and if you do want to go three in the back and you want to park the bus, you're right. A three-four-three is not good enough because you have no counterattacking options. And we're talking about look, how much experience do you have playing college level? How much experience do I have college level? You. Yeah, you've played professional, but you've played Division Three in Germany, and and we're you know Make we've never coached at that level. We've mm-hmm. never coached at that level, and yeah. we're figuring this out. And he can't figure that out. A three-five-two, you want to set up a block, you set up in a three-five-two. You have three mm-hmm. counterattacking options. You have a guy in the middle. You have two center forwards that can go outside. You have your wing backs that can drop in and attack. Asua was unbelievable last year at yeah. going forward down the line all the way touchline yeah. to touchline. Now he's just complete he's defensive, just... and he looks lost. He had 19 giveaways last game in a formation. I guarantee you, has no idea what he's doing. No, no idea. He's an attacking fullback, and you're putting him in a defensive position against some team. of the best wingers in the league. Yeah. He's he's going to be lost. You Any have, defender would. You have quality players on the roster that are basically getting put into positions to fail, mm-hmm. and that is not your job as a manager. Mm-hmm. Going back to the billion dollar to 35 million dollar. Mm-hmm. Uh, comparison. The monsters versus so the, the monsters guys. versus the little guys. Yeah. Every team in the CPL is generally about the same level. They are not that much better and that much worse than each other. Mm-hmm. At the time of the day, you could be playing worse than them, but as a whole, you have the same quality of players. Mm-hmm. So, how do you get viewers? How do you get people excited about these games? How do you compete against these other teams like the Forges and Cavalries? You go at them. Mm-hmm. You attack at them. People don't want to see defensive tactic soccer. Mm-hmm. That is not what we need in this country right now. Mm-hmm. We need a we need a four three game. We need a three two game. Mm-hmm. Open up the back line. You, if you're if you're not confident in your defenders defending one on one, there's an issue. Big issue. There's a big issue, yeah. especially with players that are playing in the Canadian Premier League. Mm-hmm. And a team like FC Edmonton who has size all over the back. You have Didich. Yes, he's going to be out for probably the remaining of the tournament with a knee injury. You have Cree Moses, over six feet tall. You yep. have Temguia, over six feet tall. Yep. These are big guys that can win the ball in the air, ball on the ground, and you don't trust them defensively against a one striker. Mm-hmm. I, I don't understand. There's no excitement in this team right now, right? There's no creativity, no energy. Like you said, these guys are going out there with a plan to fail. Yes. You cannot invite pressure for 95 minutes, those including extra time, and expect to score a goal with one striker against three center backs. Yes. What do you expect to happen to score a miracle goal from half against a Marco Carducci? 
right? That's have, never going to happen. You have Amiobi and Ongaro. Why can't you put them both on the field? You have mm-hmm. David Doe on, on the bench. You can use him as a sub for a striker mm-hmm. if you need him to go in as a striker. Mm-hmm. You have players on the bench that you can sub in and use as strikers, right? So to start the game, you if you want to go three in the back, by all means, go three in the back. Do I agree with it? No, but... You're the head coach. Do your thing. Mm-hmm. But if I were going three in the back, I'd go three five two. So I'd have Osuna on the outside. I'd have um, what's uh, what's the new guy's name? Tariq Mohammed. Tariq, Tariq Mohammed. I'd have Tariq Mohammed. Gonna be up the, the next back. game. Red card last yeah. one happened. Yeah. But I would have had Mohammed on the left side, uh, Osuna on the right side. You have your three center backs in in, uh, in the back. You would have uh, Soria and Zetterberg as your holding mm-hmm. your holding mids. On top of that, I just want to say. What is Jeff Paulus doing putting Soria as a center back? <laughs> that is your best player, potentially yeah, the best passer sense. in the league. You're putting him as a center back to defend against the best strikers and forge and cavalry strikers. What are you doing? Like, I don't understand. I get you want to have a good passer coming out of the back because you have absolutely no transition play at all, but he is useless there. I'm sorry, he is useless there. So, so I would have Zetterberg and Soria as the center defensive mids. You could put Alan Zebi in there somewhere, or you could put him as a fullback. I do think he is good enough to be on the starting eleven, mm-hmm. and I do think with his experience and everything, he could be there. Mm-hmm. But it, it all depends on the on the day, basically. Mm-hmm. Center attacking mid, you have so many options. It, it you you could literally, but you just brought in Hansa Bokai. That's exactly what put, put him in the center attacking mid. Yeah. Yeah. Let him dribble at players. Yeah. Why do you have him on the outside wasting time trying to come trying back to and defend, defend all game? Yeah. No, it doesn't make any sense. I'd have him in the center attacking role, and I have uh, Amiobi, and I'd have Ungaro up top. Mm-hmm. You have a left foot and a right foot player. Mm-hmm. Let them run at guys. Right. Ungaro is a beast. You have absolute your top beast. goal scorer sitting on the bench. And yeah. I mean, yeah, he yeah. got his goals last year coming in off the bench, but I feel like he deserves he to be starting. His position. I don't. I know Amiobi's just tournament. All the analysts ranked him number, number one. one. Yep. Yeah. That's not a coincidence. Yeah. It's not a coincidence that he was named to Team Canada's U23 provisional roster for the Olympic qualifying. That's not a coincidence. Mm-hmm. He he is a player. He's mm-hmm. a good player, and he can run it, guys. You know how exciting it is when a six foot six tank mm-hmm. is sprinting at a defender with the ball mm-hmm. and has the technical ability to do it. Just oh, think buddy. around him. It, it yeah. is so exciting. Yeah. But when you only get the chance two or three times a game because there's no service to you, oh my god! It's not even about the service at this point. He's he needs the help and he doesn't yeah. have it. We don't have an attacking mid because we had a, a Zebi and a Zetterberg dropping defensively. Yeah. So he has absolutely. We're just pinging balls to him at this point. Yeah. And on Gary. And then it's one v three. And it's one v three. He did by all means. He got past them a couple times. Had a couple chances. But if you're gonna have two chances against. An Ongaro that's going to potentially try and beat three center backs. Yeah, you cannot expect that. Yep. So as he said, his formation, my formation will be a little bit different. Obviously, Didich would be in my starting eleven. He's injured. Not going to happen. I would have a Dylan Pauli actually be starting in net. Why? Because he has the distribution and he has the experience. He's a commanding presence in the net. He's mm-hmm. had the experience mm-hmm. in college, major league, and overseas. Okay. The second option, I would I actually think, put. Uh, sorry to cut you off. I think the biggest, the biggest thing is. You can start Connor James one game, mm-hmm. but you you have to bring in uh, Dylan. You have to change it up because it, because of that distribution factor. Yeah. So yeah, you have a good shot stopper. Don't get me wrong, Connor mm-hmm. James is a very good shot if stopper. If it wasn't for him, it could have been a lot more than two. Oh nothing. yes, yeah. But but through experience, because I'm a goalkeeper, um, you can actually stop attacks from other teams mm-hmm. by having good distribution out of the back. Center backs can then turn around, go to mm-hmm. your goalkeeper. He can go out to the full backs. 
Um, you can do a, a, a bunch of things. That's you have a where... goalie that has, is proficient at his feet. And I'm not saying that Connor isn't proficient at his feet. But mm-hmm. I'm saying that Dylan is better with his feet. Mm-hmm. So you have to try out both angles. Yeah, okay, shot stopping, guess what? It didn't work. Mm-hmm. Sitting back, it didn't work. You just let in two goals against Forge. It's not working. Switch to your other goalkeeper. Let's see if the distribution side can mm-hmm. do it. Now we have a game again at Atletico tomorrow. Um, this will be on a Sunday. It's a must-win game. So I'm saying you have Pauli and Nett. I'm saying you're going to be using Alan Zebi as a left back. Mm-hmm. Why? He has experience there. He has the ability to get forward as well. He has the defensive capabilities to yeah. take on any wing in the league. We're going to have Kareem Moses filling in for, for Didich. <laughs> he has the size. He's a tank. And he's a leader. He will tell everybody how it is, and he's a leader on that pitch. Yep. I'm going to have Tem Guia in his usual spot. He has the size, he has the strength, and he can command the ball, tackling everyone in the field. And then obviously Asua as my right back. He is the best attacking fullback in the league, and they haven't utilized him as one. So let him go free. Let him do his thing. And then as you said, I'm going to have Soria and Zetterberg in the yep. middle of the pitch. Why? Because they can pass a ball, they can link up all over the field, and they can, they can tackle. They are gritty players that can tackle. And now, a difference from Adam, you need to have creativity, you need to have energy on this pitch. Why bring along multiple 18, 19, 20-year-olds if you're not going to let them play? These guys are wanting to play so bad. Mm-hmm. Now you're playing guys that have been around. Give these young guys a chance. You've lost two games. What do you have to lose? You have to get points, mm-hmm. yep. right? Yep. And as you were saying, CPL needs viewers. Brand new league, you need excitement, you need goals, you need creativity. Yep. How are you going to compete against teams in Europe, MLS even, you have no exciting moments. Yeah. So FC Edmonton has the potential to do that. What I would do, you're going to have a Marcus Villado as a winger. Yeah. He brought so much energy to this team off the bench last year. Oh, yeah. They haven't even played him a minute. Second, Bokai in the middle of the pitch, center attacking mid. Why? He has so much experience playing there. He's tenacious. He can dribble through anybody. And his shooting is amazing. Yeah. But you haven't seen it yet. Why? Because you're having defending you wingers all game. Yeah. Having He's on the wing all game. And then who am I going to have as my other winger? You have a couple options here. You have Ali Men. He was decent in the last couple of games, but yeah. again, no chance going for it. And it's mm-hmm. not working. I would actually bring in a Prince Amakura. Why? Because Jeff knows who he is, coaching him with the reserve the FC Edmonton team. Yeah. And again, he has the experience of energy, creativity, and he's not scared to take guys on. We haven't had the chance to take anybody on. So I'm thinking in a Sua, Prince Amakura link up on the right side of the pitch would be beautiful. And then obviously up top, Easton on Giro. Don't take him off the field unless he's injured or if he's having the worst game of his life. Don't even think about it, Jeff Pauls. This is your best striker, the best striker in the league. He has to be on the pitch at all times. Yep. Amazing in the air, size, dribbling ability, and he can hit a ball. He's a clinical finisher. And, Don't think, take him off the field. And the one thing I like about your formation is um, you're going to have now experienced players sitting on the bench mm-hmm. that can come onto the field mm-hmm. 65th, 70th, 75th minute and change the layout of the game, change, mm-hmm. change the way it looks, the perception of the game. That was a big thing that Cavalry does. They use Marcus Haber off the bench, mm-hmm. and it changes the entire outlook of the game. He came Cavalry on for 20 minutes, and two has a chances. second bullet in the chamber mm-hmm. that they can just unleash on someone, mm-hmm. right? I don't think Jeff is able to change a game like that, though. I think that's where he lacks experience. I think once FC goes down one nothing. It's yeah. over. You can the forget about this done. game. They're not coming well, back. Yeah. It's Red card. Done. Who does he put left back? I, Sorry, guys. It was temporary, but I don't know. In his right mind, he put Easton Ongaro as a left back. That's what I'm saying. The best attacking player potentially in the league as a fullback. It was temporary, yes, but why is that even in his mind? 
You have Alan Zebi playing as your attacking mid who has experience playing fullback and you just keep him there, right? Tariq Mohammed was your only attacking option that whole game. Unfortunate red card, horrendous tackle. It was, it was deserved. A red card, it, yeah. was, it, it was, it was. However, deserved. their only attacking threat was as a fullback. Absolutely nothing else. Yeah. When he came off the field, they had nothing else. They looked like they gave up on the game plan. As soon as Calvary scored, they were just like, hey, we're taking the loss. Hopefully they don't score five or six goals. We'll take two nothing loss. No worries. And yeah. that's the mindset Jeff has brought to these guys. Mm-hmm. He's like, hey, guys, go out there. Hopefully we can get a point. Hopefully we can win. But it's whatever. And, and, and like you said, he's just not at that level. He is in, and he was brought up in, in, in an environment where you're losing. He did fantastic at the college level. He brought in eight national championships. Mm-hmm. He was a fantastic even coach at, at the, the FC level. reserve level. I think he's perfectly fine there, he but is, that's maximum. Yeah, he, maximum. Used, he yeah. doesn't have the experience basically to to take a professional team to another level, mm-hmm. right? And 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 it's not a knock against him because I couldn't do it, you couldn't do it, mm-hmm. you could, we can't do it. It's a very it, tough position. It's a very tough position yeah. to do. But there's certain people that can do it, and there's certain people that can't do it. And right now, it doesn't look like he can do it. Um, maybe he can do it through experience, but I think the best place for him would have been a reserve team. Mm-hmm. And I think the next step for him, instead of being a head coach in the Canadian Premier League, would have been a head coach of a under-23, maybe an under-18 team at Whitecaps or TFC. Mm-hmm. That's a step he should have taken. Yeah. He basically he, he, he jumped that extra hurdle to become a professional coach when it, it's just it doesn't look good. It doesn't look good. I was at work the other day. I asked my buddies at work. I'm like, hey, you guys don't watch soccer. What would be the best thing? Like, what do you want to see? Like, what would you want to see? You know what they said? They want to see attacking, goals, goal scoring. They want to see excitement. They don't want to see boring defending. And that's the thing. Don't go out and defend. Go and attack them. You are the same level as them. Go at them. Mm -hmm. Go at them. It's excitement. Mm -hmm. It's fun. It needs to be done. It needs to be. And this is like we were saying before, we're competing with so many leagues across the world. Yeah. And nobody's going to even recognize us or watch us if we don't have something else that we can bring to the table. Yeah. If we're not having goals scored or at the best quality football games, if it's a 0-0 game, but there's 20 chances. chances on either yeah. side, that's an amazing football game. Yes, there's not expected to be very many goals, but I want to see a quality game. A team that's going to defend for 95 minutes, not a quality game. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just, I, nobody wants to see that. I will turn off my television if I see that for five more minutes from FC Edmonton. It's not what we want. We want more. We have the depth on the team to have the creativity, to have the energy, to have the goals. And as Serge said, we don't have the management. We don't have the leadership to do what we're doing right now. Yep. So why are we coming into every game hoping that we can draw up a, draw up a, a, a tie, yep. right? Hoping that we get a 0-0 tie. We've had five shots in two games. Yeah. I don't even know if they're on <laughs> yeah. net. It's well, not zero, good enough. Zero on that last game. So my question for you guys is then, um, how do we change this? Do you get rid of Jeff Paulus and bring in someone else? You I have think, Sean have Fleming as an assistant wait, coach. Um, basically until the end of Island Games, which uh, we are actually coming to the end of our episode. So really quickly, um, like, sorry to answer your question. I do think they have to wait till the island, end of the Island Games, but I do think if they don't make it out into the top four, they do actually release him. Mm-hmm. Um, how many wins does FC Edmonton get by the end of the first round out of the seven games? They played two. They I have five think, games left. I think they get two wins. And that's not going to get them into the final four. Yep. They get two wins. 
that's actually not bad Surge? from a team that's struggling. I'm going to say two as well. Mm-hmm. Um, going back to what you're saying earlier, getting rid of him, it, he's the general manager of the team as well. So intern. essentially, Ownership. intern, Ownership but can step in. he technically is his own boss. So it's a little, yeah. it's going to be a little gray area. But I do, I do think they get two wins out of this. 